Hey everyone, welcome to the Star Wars Rebels After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Season 3, Episode 4 or 3, depending on how you're counting them, Hera's Heroes. We'll be breaking down the episodes and talking about our thoughts and predictions for the future coming up shortly here. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! <laughs> the other day I was... <laughs> Leading the Ash vs. Evil Dead after show because mm-hmm. Megan's uh, was yeah. still away. And uh, <laughs> there was like a pause. I was like, stay tuned. <laughs> no? Okay, great. I'm just going to keep smiling. <laughs> and that's why I always go after the opening. Yep. Like, here's go the opening. <laughs> that's your cue. <laughs> Do the thing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Star Wars Rebels after show here on AfterBuzz TV. Uh, if you guys have not done so already, please go on over to iTunes and subscribe to us there. Though we love those of you who are watching on YouTube. We have many people in our live chat right now, and we do thank you all for tuning in live. Uh, we are following along with that hashtag ABTVRebels on Twitter, as well as keeping up with the live chat on YouTube, which Katie conveniently has pulled up on her uh, iPad right there. Speaking of Katie, Katie, where can people find you on Twitter? Hi, all my buddies. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. And thank you to all 22 of you watching live. Yay! And I'm Emma Fife. I can be found all over the internet, wherever Emma Fife's are sold, at my name, Emma Fife, E-M-M-A-F-Y-F-F-E. So... Uh, I was not here last week. How no, did you, you have a did you have a nice time? It was did a you great episode. Michael have a great oh time. Oh my god, talking we about, had a blast. Uh, yeah, yeah. We had an absolute blast just talking about everything. Yeah, it was all, wonderful. I was gonna say all that I wanted to just say about it is that I feel like Star Wars Rebels has continued to sort of carry on the tradition that was started both in Clone Wars and, and, and certainly continued over into Rebels of making you care a whole lot about characters who you didn't really know that much about in the grand yeah. scheme of things in the original trilogy and, and prequels and whatnot. I mean, and, and with Wedge Antilles, of course, being an example of that. We, we just, one of the big things we hit on is, okay, so he has plot armor, so who else is... Oh, they just killed the black guy. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, one in three chance, guys. And you, you, okay. You picked, you picked you that one. For it. All right. Okay. Well, you know. Inclusion. <laughs> uh, yes. So, uh, and then, you know, with, with Harris Heroes, we got to see the return again of uh, Shams and Zula as well as uh, Gobi and, uh, oh my God, why am I totally drawing a blank on her name? Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been mm-hmm. terrible at names this entire time. That's completely fine. It'll, it's going to come to me in like five seconds. One I'm, of those people. I was like, I would look it up on the internet, but my iPad does not want to connect to the internet right now. Numa. That's what it is. There you go. Uh, and uh, Or something like that. Someone in the chat, please feel free to correct me. Uh, but anyway, um, and, uh, and and a return, of course, to Ryloth, where the where the um, Twi'lek people kind of are, are from, and certainly where Hera's from, and we actually get to kind of like venture back and see her childhood home. So yeah. I, it's not... I don't know that we got so much, like, backstory on Hera. Like, not in a super, like, explicative kind of way, but I think just by nature of, you know, going back to where she was from, it's like we definitely got, like, a sense of of her. And getting that bit of culture and how that affects her. Yeah. That, I thought, was really interesting. It was super-duper interesting, yeah. Because uh, basically, I mean, the it, it starts off um, with Shams and Dula, and he's, like, out basically being attacked and they send in the rebels to kind of get him out of there and Hera happens to be the one that's there and they all well, get... Well, of course. Uh, well, naturally. I mean, you know, you gotta rescue your dad. 
family man you know that's basically that's that's basically the summary of this episode yeah <laughs> family man <laughs> yeah i mean that's it's that's what it is even though you know ultimately uh, one of the things that i like and that i think is sort of an overarching theme in star wars rebels is that you know by the end of the episode hera's kind of come full circle to go I don't necessarily need family by the traditional definition. Like, I was thinking of family by the traditional definition of family, not realizing that what I actually have is much more family. It's found family. Yeah. Yeah. And I it, think that's the trope for that. And it is ultimately a lot more... I don't know. It's like... it. It is just as real as a family who you're related to by blood or by marriage. Yeah. There's, there's the people that you're stuck with there's mm-hmm. the people that you come into the world with and then there's the people where you go this one's mine and this one and that one they're all mine yeah yeah and i mean and that that in of itself is is very much what star wars rebels is even about yeah because the you know this is cr- an entire group of people that's like this one's mine they're all mine mm. totally totally uh yeah so uh they go in and and uh when they rescue john they basically find out that uh they're the whole planet has basically been taken over by the Empire and that they have stolen this basically what's a what's like an artifact of the people of the of the Twi'lek people that is like part of their family heritage where it's like an art piece that people add to over the generation. So it's like it's, it's like if grandma makes part of a quilt and then mom makes the next part of the right, quilt right, and then right. you make part of the, it's the family quilt. Yeah, I mean that that is that is absolutely exactly what it was. So of course as soon as that idea was introduced, I was like, "Oh, we're going to see Thrawn in this episode." So it, given media nowadays, I don't I no longer trust anyone who collects anything. I yeah. have seen so many different episodes and so many different characters and so many forms of media that's like, they collect this thing. And I'm like, they are immediately creepy. Yep. Like, it, it, anytime someone is a collector of whatever, it's like, nope, we're going to have a problem. Yeah. So, Thrawn, the art collector, is like, yep, here we go. Well, this is a thing. And I mean, as soon as you know that it's like, okay, so... The Empire has has invaded Hera's childhood home, and they've kind of, like, taken over the whole um, area surrounding it and kind of basically set up uh, an Imperial base, so to speak, there. I just knew, I knew immediately, I was like, oh, this is definitely something that's going to yeah. be of extreme interest to Grand, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Well, and we also, I, I just like the little exchange about, yeah, usually the guy in charge is this person, and I'm accustomed to his tactics, and I know what he does. This was completely different, and I was not prepared. Mm-hmm. I just love that little bit, because on the other side of the fourth wall, we're like, oh, we're getting Thrawn. Okay, this makes sense. Yeah. But it's like red versus blue, and you throw a freelancer in the mix. Suddenly, nobody has any idea what's going on, but somebody hyper-competent has definitely just showed up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I could not quite get over. Uh, so, the guy who's in charge of this base, basically, such an idiot. is, is uh, Captain Slavin, whom uh, Thrawn pronounces his name Captain Slavin, and it is actually spelled the exact same way. As my mom's family name. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was immediately uh. I was immediately having flashbacks to like, okay, when you were a kid, did you ever do that thing that it was like your Star Wars like name and title, your Star Wars title, and it was like the last three letters of your last name backwards and the first kind of car that you owned and then uh of the planet that was your mother's maiden name. <laughs> so <laughs> So, yeah. 
Yeah, no, never quite hit that okay. one. Okay, well. I've, I've seen different permutations of that come across Facebook, but mm-hmm. let's be real, it started with the porn star name thing. It didn't yeah. quite hit Star Wars until we'd all gotten tired of that. I, I don't know, because I think I was like maybe... 13 or 4 it was around the time that the prequels were coming out that this that this particular one was going around and I feel like it was like in a in like an AOL chat room or something that it started just to date myself here a little bit this was the yeah. early, this was the early days of the internet you guys I didn't get unsupervised internet access till I went to college well so yeah <laughs> yeah look at me now <laughs> <laughs> You're running wild. Different experiences. Uh, Slightly yes. different experiences. Yeah, so basically th- this guy, uh, Captain Slavin, or Captain Slavin, uh, who is, yeah, he's like wildly incompetent. It's like, no. I love it, though. I just, it makes me so happy because you can definitely see how, okay, there's this idiot and obviously we've been running circles around him and suddenly we put Thrawn in the mix and it's like, when did we crank this up to 11? Who is this guy? Yeah. You are not that smart. Who is the puppeteer? Yeah, that's that's very true because to meet him you knew immediately you're like, "All right, this is this is not the guy who like conquered a planet." That's You not- got promoted because your daddy gave the uh, empire a lot of money, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that you're was, that person. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what it felt like. Yeah. It like just- you, you got promoted because of extenuating circumstances, not on merit. Yeah. You were the last person, or you won the raffle, or your dad is rich, or it was something, but it definitely wasn't you. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so they, they basically, so Hera's house that she grew up in is, like, real nice. Oh, yeah. It's always weird, like, oh, this is my friend. You grew up where? Yeah. <laughs> you grew up in that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, gotcha. we, we knew that Shamsundula was, like, definitely a, a prominent figure uh, within the Twilight community. But, like, I don't know. It's still it's still really... It, it's interesting to see somebody like Hera, who you sort of, you know, you, you see where she's from, and you, you sort of envision what was more than likely kind of a life of privilege up till the point that, like... The terrible things happened. were happening, yeah. but, which was you know very very early on in her life. Yeah. Um, that, but yeah, it, so it's like, but and then seeing those kind of characters in the role of like the rebel leader providing for the lesser person, like I just and I, I mean that's certainly a recurring theme with her. Right? Yeah. You, you mean you you certainly have always been under the impression that like she didn't really want for anything growing up, and that's kind of I think part of what shaped her into being the kind of person that she is because she is very much like she's a provider she's a mother kind of figure you know well and she also grew up during a war and when you're well off during a war you're either a terrible not human being just person Person, in general not human Or you're the person making sure that, okay, we're having trouble with this. Well, can I bring something in? Can I do this? So I wouldn't be surprised if her family took on the latter role. Sure, absolutely. providing for people who were wrecked by the war. Yeah, they absolutely did. Um, You know, and and also I think coming from sort of that that more like higher status kind of noble-ish bloodline, it's like certainly with Sham, you see a certain amount of like pride and sort of being the figurehead for the Twi'lek people yeah. in their struggle against the Empire. So, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Um, but, it is. Uh, I, I can see how that shaped her, though. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it it is always interesting to see Hera kind of try to, like, recapture this past that she 
like up till really last season was kind of she kind of like shoved to the side or like swept under the rug you know what I mean do you know what I mean by that yeah I I feel like it's one of those things where I've moved away I've distanced myself from that I'm not and then it's oh by the way here's this one heartstring you didn't detach we're gonna hug on it you're like nope nope it still matters to me it matters a lot yeah that's exactly what it was like going through your childhood stuffed animals you don't think you care and it's like oh no I care yeah yeah. I care. I, I had this one during this point in my life, and it was very important to me because of X, and it's a physical reminder mm-hmm. of a time past. Yeah. And in this case, this piece is a physical reminder yeah. of her mother. Yeah. Yeah, so she... Uh, exactly. I mean, it, so... Because specifically, the reason that Hera wanted to go back, because basically, you know, they, they rescue her father, and Sham's like, oh, they've taken over everything, and they got the Kalakiri, the, yeah. the like family heirloom quilt, as you yeah, uh, the as, family quilt, yeah, the family quilt, uh, as you uh, as you very aptly equated it to, Katie. Um, and that's what makes Hera go, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta get in there and get that." Well, I, I correct me if I'm remembering this incorrectly, mm-hmm. but I feel like it wasn't even I need to go back. It was you got they have that that's important, and everyone else went, "We're getting it." Yeah, like yeah. no, we don't need to. No, it's important to you. We're doing yeah, the thing. Yeah, no, that no, that that is exactly exactly how it was. But it it is always interesting, as we were saying, to see Hera being like attached to something yeah. that isn't who she is now. Like, attached to something that isn't one of her little, this person is mine, they are mine, I will protect them, yeah. or the ghost. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's it's either, like, her crew, including Chopper, uh, or her ship. Chopper is that Venn diagram between person and thing. <laughs> yeah. He kind of is. Yeah. No, he uh, he definitely is. Um, and we And she talked a little bit about the ship that she actually, like, pulled him off of that was on... Yeah. The planet. The fact that he just left there, like, it's a memorial. And I'm like, no, that's a shipwreck. That's messed up. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you can put something there as a memorial. But to just leave the burned out wreckage of a ship where someone ostensibly died. Yeah. And that we pulled Chopper, a sentient being out of, who's still a little hecked up over it. Yeah. no, that that's messed up. <laughs> I understand the sentiment, but oh, your execution is just not good. I don't know. I I I, I actually, when she said it was a memorial at first, I was like, oh no, is this like a weird memorial to her dead mom? And I was like, oh no, no, it has to do with her first meeting with Chopper, who's been a very important part of her life. But her dad chose to leave it there, like as a memorial, as a reminder of the war. And well, I'm like. Ugh. And, well, and also, you your know, daughter has bonded with this robot, and this robot is obviously traumatized from the ship, and you're just gonna leave it there. Well, and and his daughter, who you know, basically took off to go do what she was gonna do, and you know, with no sort of intention of returning. So, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so. All of that aside, they, she and Ezra basically come up with this plan that they're going to go to her father's mansion. It, it was a mansion, guys. It was pretty it was, much a mansion. It was pretty and much a mansion. You guys be the diversion, and we're going to sneak in. And Ezra with his brand new stormtrooper helmet. Oh I just my love god, that, that little was bit about amazing. <laughs> you didn't think that through, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the kid wants your helmet. Yep. Just just that little character moment of just this one poor guy who's like, <laughs> I'm going to do my job. Yeah. 
Oh, I regret that decision. Yep. Yeah. The the uh, stormtrooper basically who like followed them onto the onto the ship, uh, and uh, yeah, it ends up basically being like Ezra. Do you have that outfit? No. All right. Cool. Which sorry, ended, kid wants your helmet. Yeah. Which ended up coming in handy. Yeah. Uh, because Ezra put on the full armor to go down. You know, to um. To Ryloth with Hera to infiltrate her home. But that was just a great little bit of comedy. Yeah, oh, it was fantastic. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and again, it was like, it was a, it was a very comedic scene that ended up serving a purpose later in the episode yeah. when they actually needed that armor in order to successfully infiltrate uh, the base so that Hera could go retrieve the thing that she wanted to get out of her father's office. Yeah, this episode wasn't really some... This episode didn't really waste anything. No, it really didn't. But the flip side of that is I felt like the pacing was really weird. Um, like, it was... We didn't really have any time to breathe. We'd say something, we'd get a piece of information, immediately wipe to the next scene. Like, there wasn't any time to kind of stop and think about it. It was... We fit 35 minutes of content into a 25-minute frame. That's how it felt for me. It felt very quick. I I did not feel that way. I think for me, I felt like the pacing actually was appropriate because I always get extremely anxious whenever there's, like, an infiltration kind of mission. And this all... (laughs) So you just wanted to get there so you didn't have to be anxious about it. Oh, my God, let's get out of this house, guys. Like, this is not going to go well. And I feel like the great thing about these infiltration Mm. missions is letting those moments build, and we very rarely had a moment to go... Oh, before the scene changed. But we also... It was, we have this info, scene change, and now we're doing this, scene change, and then there's this, scene change. We didn't really kind of go, okay, we need, yeah, like, see, for, another half a second No, see, here. for me, that that was that was accurate, like, the, the, the quick pacing of it, because, like, to me, that's how, like, fast and yet slow it feels like it's going when you're doing something like this. I mean, this, this all dates back to my own childhood, playing Dungeons and Dragons and, like, doing a solo infiltration as a rogue one time, and, like, it was, like, it was terrifying. And this pacing-wise felt like that to me, and it was like, I wish I had had Chopper to come back me up, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Chopper, like, Chopper's in disguise, Ezra's in disguise, and, you know, Hero's just doing the best she can, and, and, uh, and, and and they all sort of use their ability to kind of like play the part of whatever they are supposed to be as much as they can. Hera acting like a servant and doing these shrinking violent yeah. act was just like, wow. Yeah, she's really she's terrifyingly good at that. Yeah, she is. And I, and I mean, we we've seen her, you know, play other roles before, like in the first season when she was handed over as a slave girl. Remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Lando. Yeah. And, uh... Still just, like, why? Lando, why? Uh, she rolled with it. She did. <laughs> I think there was a little more communication with she and Ezra and a little more of, uh, uh, oh, shoot, as opposed to, like, uh, come on, man! You know what I mean? <laughs> just this moment of, I'm gonna get out of this now, and then I'm gonna kill him later. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Priorities. Uh, but, but, yeah, so, I mean, um... They, they when they get in there and they they go manage to make their way to uh, Shams old office, which is where the Kalakiri is, and then there is the um, the painting like their family portrait yeah. on the wall. Kind of reminded me of Tangled a little bit. It was a little style. Tangled, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're in there. They they get the object that they want to get, but unfortunately, that is the moment where we reveal, of course. <laughs> Thrawn is here. 
I kind of wish that they hadn't had Thrawn in the preview. Like, I know it was a selling point for this episode. Sure, sure. But I wish that we hadn't known because that would have been a oh, hello, sort yeah. of moment. I sort of agree with you. Like, I, I feel like I don't ever want to see Thrawn in the previews anymore. We know he's in this season. It would kind of be yeah. more fun to build the suspense. Like, and by the way, you're getting Vader in this episode. No, just like, have Vader show up randomly and scare the pants off of us. That's the point. Yeah, absolutely. Thrawn is this season's Vader. And to be like, hey, we have the person in this next episode. Stop it. Just stop it. Just he's like, frame it differently. He's like kind of, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love, I'm, I'm all about Darth Vader. But like, he's sort of scarier than Darth Vader in a way. Different flavor of scary. Well, and, and, and from the point of view that, you know, yes, of course, he exists within the novels in the expanded universe, the like legends universe. Uh, but and he is very much that character, but at the same time, it's like, we don't know that he's going to behave exactly the same way that he did in the books, where it's like, we It's an know, adaptation. Yeah, we know Darth Vader. Like, we we know what we know this character's jam, we know his past, we know his what he does, but like with Thrawn, you don't, you don't know how he's going to react to certain situations and what his sort of strategy is going to be, so I think that he's... I, I don't know. I think he's really interesting. Well, and I, I I find him a different flavor of scary because Darth Vader is like, Darth Vader is here, imminent threat, you gonna die. Mm-hmm. Like, good luck with that one. You're going to need a powerhouse and a strategy and so, so, so much luck on your side mm-hmm. to get out of this encounter alive. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Thrawn is very cat and mouse, so sure. I don't feel like... His presence there is a direct threat. He doesn't need to be there. He's setting up all of these little barriers and all these little obstacles and funneling people the way they need to go. And then by the time you realize everything that's happened, all of those dominoes have already Mm -hmm. fallen and it's too late to do anything and you are in the worst situation possible. And good luck getting out of that. Yeah. And And I think to me, like, that is a lot scarier because you're sort of lured into a false sense that you are doing well. Yeah, Vader is the same level of scary every time he comes on the screen. And it's a very high level of scary, but it's just like, oh, it's Vader, oh my god. Thrawn is building Mm -hmm. slowly, and it's going to be catastrophic for our heroes when we finally get to the culmination of his plan. He is someone that I believe could legitimately pull off a Xanatos Gambit. Yeah, And that's a hard thing to make me believe. Yeah. But I feel like he could do it. Well, and I also, I I, I just love the way that they're, like, handling the character of Thrawn. And I mean, and and Lars Mikkelsen is just brilliant uh, in his performance. Oh, so scary. Which has nothing to do with the fact that his brother plays, uh, uh, you know, Hannibal Lecter or anything like that. Nope, nope, of course not. Not related. Uh, But anyway, but... Every time he enters, it is that very, like, slow, calculated, like, very fluid animation. And the music, every single time he enters, it's like they're mixing kind of the, like, epic orchestral Star Wars music with, like, organ tones. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... We have a Kiki Lopez in the chat. Thrawn is in it for the long game. The rebels are playing checkers, whereas Thrawn is playing chess. Yeah, I think that's a very, very accurate description oh, yeah, of, definitely. Of, of what he's about. And I mean, because this is the thing about Thrawn is that he is a strategist. 
He is. You know, like, and those are scary, scary people. Yeah. And he does his homework. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't been there, Hera would have gotten away scot-free. Oh, like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. I thought I could sell it for food. And he's like, no, this is a family heirloom. And that's your face on that portrait. And you really had no idea that you had an ace rebel pilot here, did you? Did you? Yeah. Because, what's his name? Slavin? Slavin? Sla- yeah, Slavin. Saw it. Slavin Slavin. In the grand Star Wars tradition, uh, there are... In that Star guy. Wars, there are many, there are many, many names that many actors pronounce differently from each other. <laughs> it's just kind of a thing that happens all the time, and we just roll with it. So the local idiot yes. didn't see any of it as worth learning. Had that sort of superiority where the Empire were better. What you do doesn't matter. Right, right. And Thrawn's like, no, you have to know them because when you know how you how they think, that's how you outthink them. Right. So he knew. Yeah. Yeah. It was, t- I mean, and then he just took it like, oh, it's mine now. Put it with the collection. Like, you're officially a creeper. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was scary and yet also not surprising to me that Thrawn knew exactly who Harrow was. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, we already established that he he knew who the rebels were. He has memorized the dossiers. Let's yeah, be real. exactly, exactly. But it, it didn't take very much for him to. Uh, put two and two together and be like, come on. This is not just some random Twilight girl. Like, this isn't calculus. It's just four. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah. So good. It, yeah. So crazy. Uh, yeah. He's, I mean, he's incredibly, just a, such a great villain and I'm excited um, to see like what else they do with him this season. And then letting them get away, playing I the long know. game and going, okay, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Oh, they did this. Yeah. Let me mark this off. Let me put it in my little red thread bulletin board that right. I have going for them. Right. Because if I can get an insight into this crew, and mm-hmm. if this crew has this much sway on the entire operation, mm-hmm. I can start thinking around the entire operation. Right, right. So he's he's definitely in it for the long game. It's like, I can catch him now yeah. and then have to work fresh. Or I can work this into what I already know and get a fuller picture and then just spring everyone in a giant cosmic bear trap. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, they... they, It wasn't Thrawn. It was really more Slavin who, like, tried to set the trap for Shamsundula, who, you know, basically was like, oh, we have your daughter. If you ever want to see her again, you have to, you know, come to this place at this time and, you know, basically sacrifice yourself. And he was ready to. Yeah. I mean, he, he was basically like, and said to everybody, you Again, know. Because family. Yeah, and he's like, I'm going to do it on my terms, and everybody else, you know, make sure that my sacrifice is not in vain. And, and then it turns out being sorry about the house. Yeah, I know. Well, because, Which I love. Yeah, well, because Hera and Ezra are, are kidnapped at this point. They, they figured out uh, that Ezra is not, in fact, uh, an Imperial trooper. Uh, Aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're they're both basically like being held prisoner, and they uh, uh, Chopper comes and breaks them out, and they're and uh, Ezra's like, "There's no." Oh, Ezra's like, "Great, let's go." And Hera's like, "No, there's way too many guards. There's no way we're gonna get out of here." And so basically, their plan becomes, "Okay, well, uh, what we're gonna do instead is we are just gonna get all the explosives we possibly can." And set them up all over the house, and then we'll go to this meeting where I'm supposed to be, like, exchanged for my dad, and blow up the house. And I love that they can just do a paint job on Chopper, and it doesn't matter how, know, ar- how 
erratic he acts. Everyone just kind of looks at him and goes, huh, that's a weird little droid. I know. And no one just thinks about the fact that the Rebels have been known to have a droid of this make and model with them. And yeah. then this one's just kind of whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think, okay, too, it's whatever. like, you know, both... That's the thing that that's kind of so great about a lot of the astromech droids within the Star Wars universe is it's like, to me, R2-D2 could never pass as anything other than R2-D2 because he has such a distinctive personality. But R2 droids are a dime a dozen. I know. And but, it's like, oh, there's no life signs on board. Just let them go. Because droids aren't people. Right, they're, right. They're in that weird little, they're sentient, but they're not people, so we can own them and sell them. Like, right, right. But droid Chopper, slavery is a weird But Chopper, thing. it's like, not only does he have a very distinctive personality, he's also, like, an ancient droid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's not, he is not state-of-the-art. He's not something that's being manufactured now. Like, he's just... And he's a little broken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and, yeah, just, oh, he's a droid. It's that sort of... You don't see droids because they're not on your level. Yeah. In the same way that Slavin didn't really care about the culture because that's not as good as we are, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So then I think my question is, do you think that, you know, uh, so obviously like Thrawn was aware of Ezra and Hera, but he didn't seem to be aware of Chopper. Was Chopper in the room at the time, or was he just kind of? No, doing he was still thing? he was still out and around, like in the in the house somewhere. It, if no one saw a reason to bring a droid to Thrawn's attention, and yeah. if Chopper wasn't there, like he has to know this isn't the entire Rebels crew. Sure, like he of knows this. Yeah. So then the immediate assumption would be the droid's not here. The droid's with them. Because yeah. we've split the party, and the other half of the party is definitely causing a distraction right now. Right. He must be with them. Sure, but I'm just kind of thinking now, like, may- maybe, like, Chopper is weirdly in some ways kind of a-, a strong player against somebody like Thrawn, who is so obsessed with, like, the art and creations of a culture, because, like, he's a droid. He's, he's a droid. Droids are under the radar, for yeah, the most part. Yeah, Unless there is specifically a keep an eye out for this specific droid, and everyone is looking for them. Right, right. For the most part, they're just kind of, that's eh, a droid. Hmm. Whatever. Meh. Very interesting. Like stray cats. Yeah. They're there, but you usually don't care unless they're causing a problem. Yeah. Because they're, you know, cats are pretty resourceful. They, they can they can tend to survive in the wild wild on their own. <laughs> I've uh, met a couple of cats with personalities like choppers. <laughs> That's, uh... They're interesting. Very, very accurate. Uh, so, a bunch of questions uh, from the hashtag uh, collected sort of throughout uh, the day, throughout the weekend. Uh, the Xehanorto asks, and uh, this is a, a, a very good sort of segue into the end of the episode, um... So, with the Ryloth Freedom Movement headquarters destroyed, do you think that Cham and Co. will remain on Ryloth or join the Big Rebellion? I think it depends on whether Thrawn remains on Ryloth Mm. or backs away. Because, you know, the second he backs away, Ryloth is once again easy pickings. That's true. No, you have that idiot in charge. Yeah, because Captain Slavin doesn't know anything. Yeah. Um, Yeah. My inclination is yes, they will join the Rebellion. That's what I think. Uh, Yeah, I mean, even. Yes, obviously, we want to retake the the headquarters of the Ryloth Freedom Movement. That makes total sense to me. That is our home. Ultimately, our goal is to get that back. But I think that especially with the way the episode ended and Hera being like, you know, I thought I was going to be really upset. I thought I really needed the Kalakiri, like, to remember my, my mother. mother. And then I kind of realized that 
I don't need any of that. And my that's not my home. My home is wherever all the you people I care about are. Home is where the heart is. So, yeah. I mean, I, I certainly don't think he's going to become, like, a main character or anything. No. But, you know, I think, we'll, I think we'll see him again. And I could definitely see him, especially as he's come to have, or, or we've learned that he really kind of has always had this respect and admiration for his daughter. I think that, yeah, I think that he's... He's ripe to join the rebellion at this point. <laughs> and a strategist and commander of that level. Right. You don't just let him walk away. Yeah, no, totally. So, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Zay Norto also asks, off topic, uh, What do, do, do you think Thrawn would make a good wedding planner slash designer? <laughs> I think he's more of an appreciation sort of person than a creation sort of person. I but I feel like with when you... He could definitely get all the seating arrangements down for your wedding with oh, all of yep. your aunts and uncles that hate each other. Like, he could make that work. Yeah, yeah. But it would partially be strategy and partially be just having zero patience for anyone who makes a fuss. Mm. So I, I'd put him for seating arrangements, but I wouldn't put him for actually creating the aesthetic. I think as, ter- as far as more of, like, being... Uh, like an interior decorator. I feel like when you're as much of an art aficionado as he is, like some of that rubs off on you. So I think he would certainly pick some very interesting pieces to uh, put in your home. But I don't trust him to put together the whole, the flower arrangements, the centerpieces, the bridesmaids and the groomsmen. And I don't trust him with the entire aesthetic because... There is a very specific art to planning an event yeah. that, as an art curator, you're not trained in. But I'll trust him for some of it. I was going to say, but he's also a strategist. So I feel like, especially being the way that, you know, he basically is playing the rebels, because at the end of the episode, it's like they blow up the headquarters and uh, they're, and, you know, Captain Slavin's like, oh, they're getting away. We need to stop them. And he's like, no, no, no. They've earned their victory. Let them go. You know, like, he's so... Popcorn dot gif with one hand, taking notes with the other. Yeah, like, he so sees the big picture of everything. Like, I I don't know. I, f- I feel like he could handle it. I feel like he'd, he'd be able... Because we already see that he's putting all these different pieces into play, and so much of event planning is all of these different sort of um, areas having to work and function together. So, I don't know. I think I'd trust... <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. I think I would trust Grand Admiral Thrawn to plan my wedding. Uh... No, I don't think so. I don't think you'd be good on the customer satisfaction bit. <laughs> you, you uh-huh. have to balance the person that you're working for, what's physically possible, yeah. and what they want. He would definitely be much more along the lines of, no, we're going to do this my way. Yeah, but, so but, that's not what you want in a wedding planner. But he also, I can't believe we're still having a conversation. Why are we still having this but conversation? But he has a lot of tact. You know what I mean? Like, he's got a lot of tact, so I feel like he would make you think that what you wanted, that what he wanted was what you wanted. He's He's... I don't know. We also saw him lose (laughs) his temper, if only momentarily. Mm. I think this is a man who is used to... Getting his way. Yes. Yeah. So working for someone (laughs) who may not know as much as him, but is still, at the moment, the boss of him. Yeah. I don't think that would go well. Yeah. I don't know. And that's that's a big part of event planning. that That is true. But I don't know. But he is also working... He's not in charge. You know, like, he's Grand Admiral Thrawn, so he's, like, in a position of a lot of power. But he's in charge of a lot of people. That's true. And the people above him are a heck of a lot smarter than the people below him. That's true. But I don't know that they're smarter 
than he is, or it's certainly smarter than he fancies himself. Mm, mm. That's true. There we go. And there is a difference. Yes. Uh, at, I can't uh, believe we just had listen, this discussion. That was a, that was a great <laughs> question. That was legit. That was wonderful. Yeah, oh my it was God. barely off topic. I think I need to pull question. this and send it to my friend who is an event planner and be like, okay, okay. <laughs> Who's right? Yes. She's like, who's Thrawn? <laughs> uh, at Grandpa Karamba uh, says, uh, so cool getting more info on Hera. I loved it. I, you know, you all know I love Hera. She's my favorite. So, uh, yes, A+. Plus. Chad uh, is currently debating what the biggest thing that Chopper can blow up is, and they're currently blaming Alderaan on Chopper, which oh, is, uh, well, you know. That's interesting. Uh, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, Chopper, but I do feel like if Chopper had been involved in planning the Death Star, I would not be surprised. <laughs> um, at Ghost Stories Pod, uh, which is another uh, Star Wars uh, Rebels podcast uh, run by my friend Mike Templeton, asks, uh, do you think the Bendu is an order? A singular being or a species a la Lion Turtles from Avatar The Last Airbender. I've pretty much been calling him the Lion Turtle from the beginning. Do you think there's so, more though? Like do you think there's yes, a species on them? But I think they are super rare. Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally in the in the same boat as you. I mean, it almost makes me think that like because yes, obviously it's like Jedi are the like, we're the good guys, and Sith are like, we're the bad guys, and Bendu are like, we're somewhere in between. So I feel like it would be great if the Bendu was an order a la the Sith or the Jedi. And I won, but it, it, I don't think it ever was, but it makes me wonder if, like, there were kind of like physical creature manifestations of Sith and Jedi, like, way, 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 way back in the day. You know what I, you know what I mean? That would be intriguing. Because yeah. it's like, because I mean, I, I feel like. Like dragons for firebenders. Yeah, like and, the, yeah, yeah, like the Bendu is like a force being but like are there other force beings that represent the light and the dark rather than like somewhere in the middle could be, I I don't know that would be an interesting road to go down yeah yeah but, but I, yeah no I'm I'm totally on the lion, on the lion turtle, turtle aspect of this well, I mean it doesn't help that it like kind of is like physically reminiscent of the lion turtle a little bit and yeah but that Ben you did a whole lot of oh well he might die Say la vie. Like, so you know, a lot more good. Kanye shrugging than any lion turtle I've seen. That so. is true. But I love the Bendu. Oh, my God. The Bendu <laughs> is my favorite. I want more of the Bendu. The Bendu makes me so ridiculously happy. Yeah, he's great. Uh, at Ceronian84 uh, says, Grand Admiral Thrawn is one smooth operator who would also be a great wedding planner. I'm just <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, at my okay. So, in the comments uh, below, if you're on YouTube, <laughs> w- would you let him plan your wedding? Yeah. Your, your hypothetical yeah, wedding. Yeah, your hypothetical wedding. You can also uh, tweet at us uh, using the hashtag ABTVRebels. Would you let Grand Admiral Thrawn plan, plan your, your wedding? wedding? Yes or no? Just use ABTV Rebels. Tweet at us. If you just tweet us yes or no, we will know what you're talking about. Uh, but you, you know can... what? No. I'm going to make a poll. Oh, Okay. I'm going to make a poll when we are done with this episode. <laughs> It'll be on my Twitter and it will be in the hashtag do the thing, win the stuff. Yep. Perfect. And we will see. <laughs> we'll see what people think. Last time we had a throwdown like this, you and I made separate polls and tied on both of them. I know. Even though so, I tried to influence people on mine. So did I. 
at uh, Herrero uh, 74 says uh, with Thrawn being obsessed with art what do you think he thinks of Sabine as the rebel artist I want to see that interaction yeah I cannot wait to see I, like, I totally agree with you I'm, I'm waiting for that to happen on screen because I will be gobsmacked if it does not oh it will it absolutely will so let's put a pin in that one yep and uh, uh, and then uh, what's important to Thrawn this is also um, same person uh Military win or gaining information on enemies, he didn't seem to care that Hera destroyed the base. I think he will take the former if it doesn't have a lot of long-lasting repercussions, but the latter is infinitely more valuable because the latter will lead to much larger Mm -hmm. military wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, he's... Yeah, he's definitely in it for the long haul. He is somebody... Who takes his time? Who thinks about stuff? He definitely is not a charge in headlong. He, I mean, General Slavin or, or Captain Slavin was very much sort of a a foil to him. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? Because he was so like, yeah, I'm in charge now, and I'm gonna just assort assert my authority all over the place. Slavin had a hammer, and therefore every problem was a nail. Yeah, Thrawn has one of those like rolling tool cabinets with 83,000 drawers and 18 different drill bit sizes that are all labeled and put in the exact right places. Yeah. yeah. Like, he will always have the correct tool for the job, and he will MacGyver it if for some reason he doesn't have it. Yep. Absolutely. Always prepared. Absolutely. So, uh, uh, Timberwolf in chat says he would let Thrawn and Xanatos plan his wedding together. And oh, I feel great. like that would either be amazing, or yeah. they would kill each other, or they would plan the wedding together and use it to kill each other. I feel like option three is yeah. <laughs> the Venn diagram overlap Probably there. Probably pretty accurate. Oh, that's spectacular. Uh, yes, so that's it from uh, the hashtag from me. Anything new we in the hashtag? Just, yeah, from uh, Hassan. Hello again. Hi, Hassan. Do you think the Rebels will get a cameo in Rogue One? Nope. No. They are doing everything they possibly can to keep Rebels out of the Star Wars movies. I know. And I can see why. I mean, at that point, it's spoiler territory for one or the other. Yeah, I agree. I What I would like to see is, I, I mean, and it's the thing where it's like, I appreciate that they're that they're keeping them separate, as you say, Katie, from the point of view that you don't want to end up in spoiler territory. And also, you know, watching the animated series is a time, it's a time commitment. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you don't want to bring in too much stuff necessarily from the animated series into the films because it's like you, the characters would almost be done a disservice by being in there because you wouldn't be able to have these really rich, interesting characters like we see in Clone Wars and in Rebels because they would have to, they'd basically have to treat them as if we'd never seen them before. I'd be down for a name drop. Yes. Like they were escorted by the That's, crew of the ghost. Exactly. Or something that, like that. That is and exactly what I And if you don't know, it's like, oh, whatever. That's yeah. the name of a ship. And if you do, it's like, ah! <laughs> yeah. And maybe we get to see that in an episode at some point. Yeah, Easter eggs. That's that's but what I want. The other issue with that is if you try to tie in a TV series with a film series, you wind up with Marvel and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's not a bad thing. No. But S.H.I.E.L.D. as a show is being held back by the forced mm-hmm. ties to the Marvel franchise. They had to wait for two-thirds of the season until they could throw in the plot twist that really made the series start getting great. Right. And that hobbled the series very badly. Yeah. And so I, I love S.H.I.E.L.D. and I love the Marvel franchise. Mm-hmm. I am enjoying the heck out of all of them. But that forced tie 
isn't helping either of them. They either need yeah. to really go for it or they just need to sever it. Yeah, I totally agree. And so for here, they've started with it severed. And I'm down for a cameo. I'm down for a name drop. I'm yeah. down for they helped with this. But trying to actually bring them in and tie the universes together more than that yeah. is going to do more harm than good on both fronts. Yeah. As I say, Easter eggs. So yes. that as so that as somebody who is and I would love, love, love that. Because it's like if, as you're somebody like who is a fan of Rebels. You know, to hear something like, as you say, Katie, um, you know, oh, that, you know, they got picked up by the crew of the ghost. So then the people who like Star Wars Rebels just get to have a moment of like, hee hee hee, I know I what that is. I would scream in the theater. Yeah. I would be that person just yeah. going, <laughs> And, you know, like maybe half a dozen other yeah. people doing it with me and everyone else going, what is wrong with you? Yeah. It is opening weekend. Yeah. I mean, timeline wise, it would work out really well. So I, you know, I'd like to see that. So, and it, it really is a matter of, okay, where are we in terms of where are we year wise and time wise in terms of the show as it is right now with Rogue One being released where it is and what year what time does Rogue One take place and how how much earlier I can do words you guys I promise <laughs> how much earlier is it than episode 4 yeah like where exactly do we do because if Rogue One is oh you know it's a few years after the current season of Rebels then no right. don't say Anything, Yeah. Because then again, we wind up in spoiler, spoiler territory. territory. Yeah, you're totally right. You're totally right. Uh, speaking of spoilers, why don't we dive into some predictions? Your After Buzz TV predictions. Uh, the short one and the light show. I know. I know. Short and sweet. Uh, well, I think uh, one thing we already kind of touched on is obviously at some point we're going to have to see a... Uh, confrontation between Thrawn and Sabine. Yes. Because artist and collector of art. And I'm expecting the last three, four episodes of this season to just be mounting hell. Everything is going wrong yeah. for the Rebels because everything is going right, right for, for Thrawn. Thrawn. and everything that he put in place. So I, I think that that's kind of the big question is like are we gonna... I mean at the end of last season we ended in kind of a dark place. It's kind of like they just survived. I would not be surprised if this is the season where we lose someone on screen. And I'm not talking about, well, we haven't seen Ahsoka in a while and no, she no, kind of no. walked off into the sun. I'm talking about, oh, that's a body. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, it's like, they're, we've seen they're certainly not afraid on the show to kill people off, but usually yeah. it's like, a, oh, this ship blew up. That sucks. They're gone now. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, yeah, we, we saw them start to get beheaded, but we definitely yeah. cut away. Yeah. Like, we don't necessarily need to see a bloodied body no, on no, screen, but, but an actual confirmation yeah. of death. I would not be surprised if this is the series where we straight up lose someone. Yeah. If yeah. this is the season, hello, I mean, yeah. where we lose someone. Well, listen, because by UK terms, series and season are the same thing. That's so. true. <laughs> and they only have so much luck. And they were real lucky in yeah. season one. And oh, it started yes. running out in season two. And now we have Thrawn, yeah. who would rather be good than lucky. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. Wow. So, uh, that's uh, that's our time, guys, I guess. Uh, so those are my predictions. Yeah. It's going to go to hell eventually. 
No new iTunes reviews this week, but uh, remember, uh, if you are an iTunes user, we do appreciate getting those reviews. And if you leave us a review, we will read it on the show because we like it when you guys say nice things about us. And we appreciate all of you, and you are wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. Katie, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at KiaJ. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I am also on Snapchat at Kia Prime. I am on so many shows. We have Z Nation and Crunch Time on Mondays. I'm here on Tuesdays. Arrows on Wednesday. And Red vs. Blue season finale is tomorrow night at 7 p.m. We will have a special guest calling in, so check that out. Ruby starts on November 3rd, and I don't think we can announce the other thing quite yet. No, no, because I don't think it's been officially announced. No, it hasn't! Which is bizarre, because it's starting really soon. Anyway, I'm Emma <laughs> Fife. I can be found all over the internet wherever Emma Fife's are sold at my name, Emma Fife. Uh, you can see me on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz TV, mostly on Sundays. I am currently doing uh, the Bob's Burgers After Show, which is at uh, 8 o'clock p.m., immediately followed by Ash vs. Evil Dead at 9 o'clock p.m., so be sure to tune into those. Again, thank you so much to everybody who joined us, everyone in the live chat, everyone in the hashtag. You're awesome. Remember to hashtag ABTV Rebels. Let us know if you would let Thrawn play Plan your, your wedding. wedding. And we will be back next week. Bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.